you do the pleasure. Hi there. I want to talk to you about ducks. No thanks. Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, I am your host, and I have two very special guests that I'm going to introduce to you formally in just a couple seconds, but before I do, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Film Comp, C-U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P. We are also a featured podcast of the Blind Knowledge Network at www.blindknowledge.com. We are also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that picks up uh, the latest trending articles based on topics that you choose to follow and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. Download and use Newsly for free today at www.newsly.me and please use the promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M Cult Film. Drop the I, pop in a one and get a month free of their premium service courtesy of us. Now with all that out of the way I would like to introduce the star of the podcast when Harry met movies, Harry, welcome, Hi. welcome to my show. I had such a great time coming onto your show to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, one of my favorite movies. How are you doing? How's your, you're doing good. How's your summer treating you so far? Good. I've just got back from Wales. You got back from Wales. I saw my one of my father's favorite movies was called A Child's Christmas in Wales. I'm not. I'm sure you probably haven't seen it. Maybe Dad has seen that. No, I haven't. No, it's it's. Oh, it's it's a very nice Christmas movie. Uh, we're t- we're we're talking in the in the dead heat of August. How was Wales? Was that you, was this your first time visiting? No, it's my fourth. I think. Wow. It's, uh, it's not in Grand Park, like a caravan there, and they go on holiday there for a week. Oh, wow, yeah. that's great. So tell us a little about your show. Tell my audience about your show and where we could find it, some of the movies that you guys have recorded. You, you tell them about the show, Harry. Basically, the my dad shows me movies from his ch- childhood, and then we review them. That's... Yeah, so basically that's the concept. <laughs> yeah. Find random films from my childhood, and we sit and watch them, and chat and review them together um, we're on all the major platforms where you can find all podcasts yeah. um, we're on Instagram and Twitter um, and we've covered a lot of movies haven't we? we've covered mainly 80s and 90s that's kind of where we, yeah. our big focus has been we're probably going to try and venture a bit into the 70s and 60s of films that I will have watched but didn't come out when I was younger right Something like things like I think we realise I haven't done things like Superman and Wizard of Oz and things like that, which are films I watched as a child, but didn't actually come out in the 80s or 90s. Sure. Um, 
It's actually our anniversary month this month. Congratulations. We're making a big deal and making a month of it. Congratulations. Yeah. Cheers, thank you. Thank you. So what 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 I know that you just did big um that was that was a movie that I loved. What what do you guys what if you if it's a surprise please don't feel any obligation to tell us but what what do you got on tap for the anniversary? Um in the Jane Trader the last start comes yeah. out this week. Oh. No, comes out this week. ET. ET, yeah. Um Indiana Jones comes out the following week and then the last week is his mum is coming on the podcast yeah. and she's picking one of her favourite films from her childhood, which is Spice World. Yeah, tell, tell, tell him about what you figured out about Indiana Jones, one of its same scenes that everyone gets confused about. Yeah, when we watched um, Indiana Jones, Okay. now, obviously we talk about iconic scenes and one of the major things that's always like stolen from Indiana Jones is for roll underneath something, reach back and grab your hat, isn't it? Right, yes, it is. But that's not in... I always thought that was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's it, not. It's not? What is it from... It's not from Temple of Doom, is it? Yeah, I always... Because he does roll under something in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. After he jumps out a little pit at the beginning, he rolls under, yeah. and he reaches back, but he grabs his whip. Oh... So um, it's... I just assumed that. So we looked into it, and in Temple of Doom, there's a bit where it's short round the, the little lad that looks with him. Right. He he's on the other side of his finger, and the wall's closing down, and he again he rolls underneath it, and he reaches back and get his hat, gets his hat. Whereas I, in my head, a, I always had the I always had the hat in the first one. I never even registered it in the second one. Wow. Did you? Yeah, I it was just like probably. Huh? What if it, when we rewatched it from the podcast? It's it, it's similar. I know that I, I don't know if I have scenes, but there's always movie lines that I know that get kind of jumbled up. One of the most famous ones is the the line from Star Wars: "The Empire Strikes Back." Luke, I am your father. I believe the line is actually "No, I am your father." Something like that. It, it's one of those misquoted lines that I, I yeah, think. Yeah, he, um, he says something like "You killed my father," or something like that, and it's like. But actually, Luke's reply is "No, I am your." Uh, Vader's father replies, "No, I am your father." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it gets mixed. It all gets mixed up, doesn't it? There's one. I, one of the more famous ones. I'm sure Harry hasn't seen it. Casablanca. Uh, the famous line is, um, I guess it's often misquoted as play it again, Sam, but it, it's actually just play it, Sam. There's no again. Again, it's just, I, it's just one of those kind of misquoted lines. Just a bit of a weird trivia. Did, did either of you know that it was actually Indiana Jones and the Temple of, the, and Temple of Doom, which was largely responsible for the... PG-13 rating here in America um, because that movie was was quite dark and quite violent and it clearly wasn't an R rating but it was a little too much for a PG rating but I know your your rating system over in the UK is is, is different than ours yeah, yeah, I was no, I, I, we, I didn't know that about Temple of Doom. We haven't watched that one yet. Oh, okay. I thought I'd have probably found out when I actually researched into it or whatever. But um, no, yeah, ours is different. So our we have 
a U rating, which is just for kids. Right. Well, obviously adults are allowed in as well. Sure. <laughs> but you don't, have to, you don't have to have a, there's no advisory. Then there's a PG, which is parental advisory. Then we have a 12, which is obviously 12 and over. And then we have a 12 plus, which is like, basically it's like sort of like a gray area. Okay. And then we have 15 and 18. Our 12, our first 12, which was like a, the, the new, the 12 and 12 plus were the new ones. Was some, I think, I want to say it was Batman. The uh, 89 Batman? Yeah, yeah. And you guys, you guys did that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. why I think it. Had, that's why it's jogging in my head. But it's Batman because I think when we did the podcast, we mentioned it was. Well, um, I'm I'm going. So we're talking about Krull from 1983, and when I suggested this, I realized that I had never seen this as a child. This was a. Uh, this was something that I probably would have loved as a child, but I never, I never saw. Um, but I'm going to borrow a little something from your show. Uh, Harry, how many sentences should we allow Dad to have to describe the plot for Krull? How, when did this come out? 1983. So, Dad, you got three sentences? Oh. Yeah, oh. If, if it comes out in a year between... One of like eighty-one, eighty-three, eighty-four, eighty-five, something like that. He'll do that. Oh, okay. He just give me. He gives me. So. Because he, he, he could have lied and said eighty-nine or something. So, so I didn't. Eighty-nine sentences. So no, yeah. So it's oh, three dear. sentences. That's fine. Um, so just before I start this, I've only just realised why it's called Crawl. But there you go. Why um, is it called Crawl? It's because that's the planet. Yeah, I I didn't realise that either. And apparently, there was some discussion about changing the name of the movie. Uh, I know the director wasn't particularly thrilled about the title, and they actually had a discussion and a vote with the cast and crew, but for whatever reason, the name stuck. Uh, but I was... Yeah, I didn't realize that either, but Krull is the planet that this is taking place on, so that'll that'll help you with the three sentences. That, But three sentences is, is, is not going to be easy, so... Uh, yeah. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. So the planet Krull is ter- terrorized by the beast and his arm and his army horde. Um, what's the first one? Is it? Uh, <laughs> oh, what's his name? Prince Prince Colwyn, is it? I, Colwyn. Yeah. Yes, Colwyn. Um, Prince Colwyn. 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 The prince and. A band of thieves, a cyclops, a wizard, and a, like a wise man. And a young child. All go out to rescue his princess who's been captured by the beast. I um, On his way, picking up a magical weapon called the glaive. Correct. Yep. There you go. So that's, that, that's free. So that's roughly the plot. <laughs> that's fun in the end. Right. Uh... So th- this is kind of it, this is a unique movie because it's kind of a swashbuckling sword and sorcery movie, but there's also elements of uh, what they call a space opera, kind of a Star Wars thing. Um, th- th- there's a lot going on here, and um, it's it's an interesting world to inhabit, and uh, there's interesting uh, different creatures and all sorts of. Uh, 
odd things going on here. Uh, general thoughts on the movie. H- Harry, what did you think of Kroll overall? It, I, I was, at the beginning, I was watching it. It gave me a really bad like Flash Gordon and Lord of the Rings vibe because of the castles and the like, two tribes and all that. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Um, what did you think of that? Good. I enjoyed it. You did? Oh, this okay. Is like a, this, this is like a sword and sorcery type film, isn't it? That's what I was sort of... Like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, classify it as. And this is like the first one he's really watched. Clash oh. and Clang. It's very interesting, Harry, that you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, because when I was doing the research, it's... And I think I probably did this as a kid. Um... I, this commonly gets associated with Dungeons and Dragons for very good reason. It's you've got the castles, you got the creatures, you got the warriors going on missions, but it, it actually has no direct tie-in with Dungeons and Dragons. And I know that we're actually getting um, a Dungeons and Dragons movie, I believe, next year. If oh. I'm not mistaken. So, um, what? That was quite good, actually. And I've not seen the trailer, I don't know, So, um, I'm going to ask uh, your dad now, uh, Was how familiar were you with you with Crawl? Was this something that you saw growing up? Yeah, I did. Um, this was like, this was on our list, so it was quite good when you gave us a shout about it. Um, we might end up actually doing it still at some point. But, um, no, yeah, this was, there was like a, a group of them, like, this Beastmaster, and one I sent, I think I sent you a trailer called Hawk the Slayer. Yes. Um, that I def- definitely watched quite a lot when I was a kid. So, because they, they were kind of like a little bit more acceptable than saying watching like Conan or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Conan. Well, yeah. you could probably get away with the second one, because I, I think the second one was PG or PG 13. But yeah, the first Conan movie is pretty brutal. This, this here is rated uh, a a PG and there's there's not a lot I mean it's very it, it is at times a violent movie but it's very fantastical we don't really you know it's it's more of just it's kind of the the um the the deaths that kind of happen in a Star Wars movie it's very off very quick or off screen we don't really you know spend a lot of time with that um but I was doing some the research here now this was largely a UK production, and anyone want to take a guess on how many different sets? I will tell you this: it's more than twenty, less than thirty. How many different sets do you think were constructed for Krull? Twenty-three. I says twenty-three. I got twenty-seven. No, no. No, uh, sorry, Dad. Harry, Harry hit the nail right on the head. Twenty-three. Bravo to you, Harry. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Twenty-three sets. You got it right. Right. First guess. Um, they used six. They used six sound stages, um, largely in Pinewood Studios, which is um, one. I. It, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but probably one of the biggest um, studios in in the UK, if I'm not mistaken, um, Pinewood. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and they actually they used part of uh, the famous 007 sets over there. Um, 
So, yeah, they had six sound stages, 23 sets. Um, so this movie was directed by Peter Yates and was written by Stanford Sherman with uh, some absolutely brilliant music from James Horner. I really, uh, upon re-watching this movie, I really enjoyed the, uh, the score. It really helped to kind of elevate the action and keep things going. Um, but this movie was made for about 27 to 30 million. Didn't do too well at the box office. Uh, grossed 16.9 million um, and was released in 1983. We got it in the summer, and I believe it came out in December in the over in the UK. But um, what what elements of this movie, Harry, did you find particularly um, interesting? What what to you was was the thing that you really kind of got you on board to go on this this ride with uh, with Prince uh, Colwyn? It was when at the very beginning, like when like these like aliens, because like these two, is it like the two castles of the night? If you want to like beat it, right? Two different, like not the two families united, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's why it needs the queen to get married too. But like, I like getting married, and they have like the fire thing. It's like I'm like how like just how like they do that special effect. It's like how they pass the fire to each other. And it's like, and then like all the aliens just. From, like bursting in. Yeah, <laughs> when he came in, Harry commented how very um, stormtrooper esque they were. Yeah, it... because they could barely shoot. No, they had barely aim stormtroopers. What? They could only use his blaster once for some reason. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that as well, didn't you? Like, they have like a gun that shoots, but then they have to turn it around and fight with it because it only shoots once. Yeah. I think it does. I think it just really needs to like cool down, maybe. Not sure. <laughs> Spot, spot on observations that, yes, it is very, very um, Star Wars-esque, but I th- I think that was just kind of the nature of the time that Star Wars was so popular that everyone, every studio that wasn't making Star Wars kind of wanted their little piece of the pie, and so we got uh, we got something like Krull, where, yes, it's very much sword and sorcery, but we get intergalactic aliens and very yes very stormtrooper-esque moments uh with uh goons that can't shoot worth worth a worth a darn so um but i think they can shoot light the bet they shoot better than the stormtroopers do they really <laughs> i i know that was always an, an objects of contention with the star wars fans is that the stormtroopers just just seem to have terrible aim. Thing is, like, it it does sort of have, like you say, there's a lot of stuff came out that kind of tried to jump on the Star Wars bandwagon. But also, that's like a, I can't remember what the book is, but that's like the hero's journey, isn't it? Yes. Yes. A very famous book where it's like a, a hero's journey and explains exactly what the perfect journey is, and, and this has just got that journey in it, so that's probably maybe why it's got a similar sort of feel. Right. What? What? You, you, like, you know, there's a hero. He's got to rescue somebody. Um, he gets like a bunch of people, like a group together. There's always like a wise old person, isn't there? He's got like a special weapon and stuff. So it's all like there's a lot of films that do that. 
it just happens that Star Wars is probably the most famous. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say, what I thought about this movie was that of all of this this kind of gang of, of heroes, I actually think that Prince Colwyn was probably my least, not favorite, but the least interesting um especially when you get like you have a cyclops and you've got ergo the great who turns himself into a chicken and you've got a very young liam neeson as kind of like a almost like a pirate type guy like a, a, a rogue renegade kind of guy part of a gang um but to me, Prince Colwyn was kind of like the least interesting because he's got all these far more interesting characters around him. Yeah. What did you What did you guys think about his his little uh, his little gang gang there? No, yeah, you're right. Cause I, I, but I often think that's the case in a lot of films where the, the central hero is not necessarily the most interesting. <laughs> is he? It's like, you know, if you think of like even like something like the Goonies, technically it's like Mikey's story, right? But it's all the it's all his mates that are the interesting ones, like Chunk and Data, because like, they've got all the different quirky personalities. Yeah. Same with this. Like, I agree. Like, Harry really liked. I can't remember his name, but the Cyclops. Yes. The Cyclops. That that guy is a uh, six foot. Oh, he's tall. The actor, the actual actor, uh, yeah, very yeah. very tall gentleman. Um. But I, don't I, know why like. I I agree. I think the Cyclops character because we only like we see glimpses of him here and there, and then um, he helps them out, you know, right at the end. And uh, but I, I fight more. Yeah, because like, uh, you knew he could kick ass, basically. <laughs> Real, yeah. Um, so they kind of had to, they kind of had to write him out of the plot because they're like, well, with this Cyclops guy, he could, he could take all of them on. So I think they did something very interesting where they kind of set up this, this lore, this backstory that a Cyclops knows when his time is. And if they choose to fight, fight that time, then it will bring great pain upon them. So, um... I mean, there's a there's a lot of interesting, and each character kind of gets their own little side plot. We get the um, the guy crawling into the the spider palace, which is probably one of my favorite scenes. That whole that whole set that 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 guy crawled through was just amazing with all the spider webs. because he doesn't like spiders. Oh yeah, well if you don't like spi- yeah, if you don't like spiders, then you def- yeah that's not going to be for you. Um. What did you think of the? What did you think of the glaive weapon, Harry? Like, the first way. Yeah, the first way. Yeah. Yeah, the first way. But he's the wild man, so you can only use it once. But he uses it like at the end, like four. No, he says you can only use it at the right time. Yeah, I was like. It is a bit weird. Obviously, the entire film's kind of built around he's got this special weapon. Yeah. But that's not actually what. I was going to say, this movie is notable that this was one of Robbie Coltrane's first movies and one of Liam Neeson's first movies. And of course, I would say, I would argue that 
Robbie Coltrane probably at this point is best known f- for the Harry Potter movies. I would I would guess. Maybe I I, I don't know. Maybe in the UK yeah. it's different. Yeah. Um, I would say I think, the, like people. There's a, there was a TV series in England called Cracker where he played like a. Um, what would be the best word? He's, he's a psychologist, but he's like. Um, he helps basically. He helps the police to basically work out who's who's killing people and committing crimes and stuff like that. But it was like in the nineties. So it was before that was like a really a big thing in reality sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, but he was famous for that. But then, definitely since he's become Hagrid, it's kind of like you're always having. Everyone knows that's now what I think. If you said to someone, "What's Robbie Coltrane film?" I think ninety percent of people in England would say Harry Potter. Right. You're right. always having. Um. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He's got the line. You're a wizard, Harry. You're absolutely right. That's that's what's forever going to be cemented in my mind as far as Robbie Coltrane. But uh, also a very young Liam Neeson who um, has since gone on to, to do pretty much every kind of movie under the sun, including the, the Star Wars movies. So it, it's kind of interesting to look back on this on this cast and, I mean... The the lead uh, Ken Marshall I I can't think of anything else that he's been in I I'm not sure if no I was trying to work out he, he somewhat looks like he should he's been in other stuff but I couldn't really see anything that I'd seen him in no, like when you look on IMDb you kind of look what else has he been in and he yeah. hasn't really been in anything I think I've ever seen no because even Harry what's he been in uh, I recognise him I was like I don't think we have seen anything with him or when I looked he hasn't I think he's just got a, he, he looks like he looks like he should be the hero, doesn't he? That sort of actor. He's a good-looking guy. He's got that sort of he, prince sort of look. He does. He like, like, he's not the most interesting. He doesn't play it bad. I just think, like you said, I think obviously there's a lot of characters that have got more interesting story, like side stories. Like you say, like um, the magician guy. He's his whole being able to turn into all sorts of different stuff. <laughs> he never yes. seems to be able to do it right until he actually needs to at the end where he turns into a tiger. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I like the Cyclops, like the ending of the Cyclops, because he's, he's waiting there. Now he's like really fast horses. Like, if you want to break into his palace, which has got like people with like guns in it, you want to be sneaky, but these horses are like making smooth. So I'm like. But I don't think they need to be sneaky because I think the palace. Because it can move. Yeah. That, they I, they're not really, like, intimidated yeah. by being attacked or anything like that. No. So they're not really scared. I, but then you shoot Hagrid, which is sad. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the more interesting parts of this movie, that it's a very kind of interesting castle that they have, that, it, you know, each day it moves, it disappears and reappears, and they have to figure out exactly what what... You know where where it's going to be, so they can they can go and attack and save the princess. But it actually I'm, the horses to me, um, very very interesting. And it, this is another trivia question. Uh, I'm gonna uh, I'll make it a little bit easier. So it was um, sixteen Clydesdale horses horses were used. And this this part of the movie where they're um, where they're wranging up the horses and then they're riding the horses was filmed in Abruzzi. Uh, Harry, 
take a if you want to take a guess, what European country do you think Abruzzi is in? I don't know any of them. I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you three three yeah. three choices. Um France, Portugal, or Italy. Italy. Ah, got it. Bingo. Got another one. Harry Harry's on fire with the trivia today. Yeah, I, I would have guessed this three, so you definitely beat me. I can't. I'll just go for Italy because it's gonna be yeah, nice pasta. Uh, yeah, exactly. If it, I'll give you a hint, Harry. If there, if a word ends in in a vowel, like Abruzzi ends in an I, more often than not, it's Italian. My my last name is actually Dizio. It's D I Z I O. So I'm very familiar with um, Italian culture and the and actually Abruzzi is a very mountainous region, which we can see in the movie because this this scene with the horses is is very very cool. Like this land, this huge landscape of of just green mountains, and then this valley of these huge huge horses that they're just they're just going through. Um. Now, Harry, do you have a passport? So can you repeat that Oh, do you have a, yeah, a, passport. a passport? Yes. You do? Do you Yeah, I think I do. Do you know, Yeah, you do. Do you know that the they needed to actually come up with special passports for these horses to transfer them from uh, from the UK to Italy, which um is kind of mind-blowing to me that just for this this one scene that they had this kind of budget to to transport horses and they had to come up with a special passport for for the horses and so right um Harry, what were your favorite what were your favorite scenes of this movie? Like, um, what do you, what what to you are the scenes that still stick out to to, to this day? It's probably the, the swamp scene. Right. When because I leave it there, and then I lose the old visitor, to like the shapes of the person. Oh yeah, when the um, cyclops. Yeah. Kills yeah, the, it's probably eye cops. Yeah, the the the, 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 the walks in and just he's the eye cops right there. You're like, wait, what? Is he a bad guy or not? So he runs. It's like. I have to agree yeah, with you. I, I think the swamp scene is very exciting for what you said. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Dad. Please. No, yeah, I was gonna say. I think I went. Rewatching it, it was other scenes that stood up, but I remember when I, when I was well when I was watching it with Harry, I was waiting for the swamp scene because it was quite it was definitely something I remembered as a kid. It was not scary, but it was like ooh, like I think the ending was like the bit where obviously it's he falls into the like the old wizard guy, but it's, it's not him, is it? It's somebody else. Yeah. And he starts like shrinking up and stuff like that when he gets killed by the trident sort of thing. There's also another scene which is I remember. 
Like, like it's when like they're on the floor, Hagrid gets killed, and then the Cyclops comes back, holds the door, and he dies. And what like, then the Qui-Gon dies? It's all that like intense motion. Like, no, they're losing more men. Yeah, quite a lot. Of a, quite a lot of a band of men. Cause there's about 20, 15 to twenty of them, isn't there? They, yeah. By the end of it, there's only about three of them. And then like, and one of them gets a pail trying to get a knife or something. And then like the time, then you think a wizard, or oh, not the wizard, the magic person, he gets shot. Not shot. It's he get shot in the pool. Yeah. And you think you, then they find the blood. You think he's dying, but he isn't. It's just all this attempt motion. Like, right. No. <laughs> the end definitely. Like the, the scene at the castle definitely is. Um, you definitely. You, you're not sure many of them going to get out, and it does feel like that, doesn't it? it does feel it like. Feels like labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, because it's like the castle can move and all that. It's like you could like say if you went down one path and there's like two paths. If you go back, it could just be the path that second path. Oh yeah, because in, inside of it, you mean? Cause it like, all, yeah, because yeah. it all moves and stuff, doesn't it? Inside. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It also it also reminded me a movie that actually would be perfect for your show. Uh, not, if, I'm not sure if you've done it or not. Uh, Dark Crystal. No, we haven't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a perfect film for our show. Uh, lots of nice Jim, the Jim Henson, the Muppets, all, all, all those things. I was absolutely um, mesmerized by as a kid. Uh, well, I'm a ma- massive Muppet fan, so um, you can't tell. You <laughs> I always think they hold up really well. You can't tell. You've got you keep because they don't age in the same way as special effects do. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say for the most part, I I think the special effects. Hold up, given that this is a 1983 movie, I would have to say that the fact that they used a lot of practical sets and a lot of practical effects helps the helps that this movie doesn't age as poorly. Um, there are some scenes I remember noticeably. There's a scene where Liam Neeson is riding on one of the one of the horses with the, with the with the boy on on behind him on the back, and it's very obviously a you know a green screen going on behind him. But I would say I would yeah. I would say for the most part, um, the, the sets and the effects hold up. Um, I'm curious, Harry, you're as as the youngest of the three of us talking. How do you think that this movie holds up, considering that it came out years before you were even born? Yeah, I think the only bad special that is probably the horse and the riding horses. Yeah, you said when we were watching it, that's the one. The only time after Harry will point out if you go, oh, that's not very that special effect. You can tell that's like a green screen or whatever. Right. That's the only time he made any comment was like the exact same bit you're on about was when they were riding. He said, oh, you can tell that's you can just thing, tell that that's not. background. But yeah. like you say, that that's that's expected. Yeah, because how much is practical? There's not something like that isn't going to be, is it? So I feel like they could done a bit. Like a, a big twist at the end. You well, you thought you thought there was going to be. No, I thought they could have done it because I thought it might have been, but I was like, you know, they did. I was like, it could have been a big twist because when the uh, aliens like helm head gets mad, so like bug comes out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like, what I thought they could have done is they could have like a big, like they could maybe have like the big monster survive and then all the little. Bu- Bugs mashed together to make another version or something. Yeah, he's talking about no when we um like the like the bad guys army whenever they die. Right. 
like a whenever they get shot or hit in the face, like a almost like a, a alien bug comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. As if that controls the suit or whatever, and that's what he's talking about. He I... kept commenting about that. Like, why? Why there's why is there little bugs inside it? I think and I was like, I think that's what's inside the suits. You know. Yeah. You know. I would not be surprised if they had stuff like that in the movie in case they you know this movie unfortunately did not do too well at the box office so we never got a sequel but i think i i think you're i think you're spot on with something like that that is the perfect like that's the little tease the little cliffhanger that they leave you so that if they did do a sequel it would make sense i think i i think you're spot on with that observation yeah, can I just imagine in like a sequel that like a huge monster comes out with like the, all the like you know, I think a lot of them die at the beginning, but you know, not think a lot of the soldiers might die, they might have survived of the ship and exploded. So like you would think it'd be like what's that sound like? This all this huge monster made out of them, which could have basically been indestructible. Well, they leave don't they on the end of the film as a thing saying that. Their son rules for galaxy or something like that. Yeah. Or, I mean, um, yeah. So the, I think that was always like a, a lead into, like you say, in case they ever wanted to do a sequel, then that's where they would probably go to. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't doubt in my mind that if this movie had done a little bit better at the box office, that we would have gotten a sequel. But sometimes. It's these little movies that are just the the one the one and done movies that kind of leave a lasting impression that they kind of achieve this cult status and they end up on my show and you know I get to talk about these these weird these weird little movies that um you know I I, I didn't see as a kid or I've only heard about and uh, it's interesting to me to get this this chance to reflect on it and um, I have a couple non-related Krull questions but before I get to those uh, any final thoughts for Krull and who who do you think if you could recommend it if who who is the arti- audience to recommend something like this to just like adventurous type people it's like like a bit of like a stents and stuff like I think if you've liked things like Labyrinth and Princess Bride and Or like Lord of the Rings or Yeah, Lord of the Rings this would fit into this would be something you would like. Absolutely. Um, I always think things from eighty things from like the like eighties, seventies, whatever, but as long as you're willing to forget like forget that some of the special effects are or the effects aren't gonna be like they are now. Right. Just like in ten years' time the stuff from the nineties is gonna I mean, early 2000s is going to seem like, you know, Mummy Returns has famously got some really bad special effects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably got worse special effects than this film, so... Yeah. As long as it's a good story, I don't think and you can turn that that part of your brain off to go, oh, that's clearly not done properly or whatever, then I think most people enjoy this. I think it's quite fun. Like you said, sometimes it's nice... (laughs) At At least a lot of the films that you probably cover were designed to be one films. And like you say, if it was a sequel, it was lucky. If not, whereas now, most films that come out, it's as if they're trying to build a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yep. As much as I, as much as I love Marvel, it is Marvel's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, everyone sees their success and wants to do the same, whereas 
a lot of these films are literally set up to be one film and like you say if it did well there might have been a sequel if it didn't do well they worked the standalone films perfectly well just with Marvel they, they take the time with the films though I think a lot of companies like they rush out a first film and they rush out a second money Harry that's why yeah but with Marvel like, you've got calls the like Spider-Man to Spider-Verse which is one of the best ones ever I can't make the sequel so I, I, I have to agree, though. I, I kind of like the fact that, you know, instead of something like The Mummy Returns, where it's pretty bad CGI graphics that we, we kind of cringe at now, looking back on something at Crawl, I like the fact that, you know, this 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 actor decided to be the Cyclops. was like they, they designed a very good makeup effect. To, to you know to create this character and to me I like that that practicality that makeup better than if it was you know a computer that you know just after after afterwards they kind of fiddled with a computer to make it one eye so to me yeah these kinds of movies there's something about them maybe it's just nostalgia on my part or but i i kind of i like the fact that i mean and you could see that you know harry guessed correctly 23 sets we're talking like huge sets that were created for this movie so it and it it, it shows and i think it helps to immerse you into that world and it makes you you know after the two hours are done, you have thoughts about what the future of this could be. So, I mean, that that's just fantastic to me. Um, if you had to grade this movie, Harry, how would you grade it? Uh, yeah. Are numbers or letters? Whatever, what, whatever you would choose. Your, your choice. I'll give it a fork. <laughs> A four out of five? Four out of what? Five. Yeah, four out of five. Dad, what would you say? I'd probably say a 3.5. You mean a solid 3.5? Okay. Um, so, thank you guys for talking about Krull. Before I let you go, I just want to ask, what upcoming movies are you looking forward to, either for your show or just to see in general? TV shows. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Well, there's actually there's, there's, a, there's a new show which came out today, the Marvel Groot show. Ooh. That's out. This little short. Okay. That's out today. Um, She-Hulk. Okay. Um. What else? Is, I'm looking forward to Black Panther two. Yeah, Black Panther two. Absolutely. Willow. I wasn't sure what Black Panther 2 until I saw the trailer. I've not seen a trailer, I think. Yeah, you have a shame. I have. Um, and the trailer gave me goosebumps. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I was a little. I was unsure of how they were gonna handle everything, but it looks like um, it looks like they're going to take it in a very mature direction, which I, I'm 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 thankful for because we get enough of the lighter side of the MCU with um, stuff like She-Hulk and the Groot. I didn't even know there was a Groot show until you just mentioned that, but I'm gonna have to go check that out because he's probably one of my favorite characters. I'm really looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 whenever that comes out. Um, that... Yeah. I'm sorry? Tease for ages. It's going to tease for ages, doesn't it? It has. It has. It has. It has. Oh, yeah. 
I'm I'm I hoping for I'm hoping for next year. So but Yeah, it does I can't it's mid next year, I can't remember what I can't wait for water season two. Whenever that's planned to come out. Oh um, what thing, things we've got up and coming, we really that's kind of off on a the similar subject is we are doing so Got a few. We've got Terminator coming up. Which, well, we've watched it. That's coming out. I'll be um, back. Coming up, we've got the Mummy. Um, that's with a guest. Um, and then in November we are doing a superhero. Well, it's not superhero. It's a comic book month. So we're not doing like. Well, one of them is Superman because we've never watched it. But we're trying to do a bit more. Well, quite down your line, a bit more obscure, not the obvious one. So on the list, we've got the Phantom. Oh, um, uh, listen, if you want a guest for the Phantom, I'm your man. Uh, we've got Supergirl. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of, we're, we're potentially doing five. So we're doing those three, um, Dick Tracy. Oh, and I'm a rocketeer. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Just got the ones that are not obvious. Well, Superman obviously is, but it's the, it's like the, the first big one, isn't it? Right. And I thought it'd be quite cool. And I thought the, the other four are quite different, aren't they? Every one of, well, every one of them is a different type of film, and it would just be quite interesting to see with them being comic book films how I- the genre has completely changed yeah. from them. So I was probably Harry's age when Dick Tracy came out, and I was upset. Me and my brothers were obsessed with that movie. Uh, Not because of Dick Tracy, but because of the villains. The villains in the Dick Tracy movie are excellent. And I recently rewatched The Phantom, and that movie is a lot of fun. A lot, a lot See, yeah, of fun. I remember it being a lot of fun. I haven't watched it for a long time. So, See, Dad, we have a guest for that fun. Yeah. You're more than welcome to join us. I, 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 would love to, I would love to come to talk about The Phantom because I recently rewatched it and it, it, I was very surprised because I remember when The Phantom came out, it was the same summer that The Shadow came out, which was another comic book movie, but that one... Mm. That one was not nearly as good as The Phantom because The Phantom is almost like a comic book. You got a comic book hero, but there's also, since he's also in the jungle, you get like elements of Indiana Jones. And to me, that's just a fantastic combination. Um, so I, I would absolutely love to come to talk uh, The Phantom with you too. But I'm gonna let you two go. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you, thank you both so much for being incredible guests. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us on. Bye bye. Um, been a pleasure. Enjoy, yeah. Harry. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Um, and Dad, I will. I, I talk to you on Twitter all the time, so um, we'll be in, we'll be in touch. Uh, Harry, a pleasure as usual. Your insights. Um, your you. You have you have such a, a a good eye for movies that I hope that you continue doing this even even some you know pushing dad aside and doing your own show at some point and you show you're showing dad your movies and so on and so on 
But um, thank you guys so much for joining me. It was an absolute blast. Harry, on point with the trivia, killing it with the observations. Dad, thank you. Thank you for being along for the ride. You guys, enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much. Enjoy your evening. Stay cool. Drink lots of water. And um, thank you all for tuning into the Cult Film Companion Podcast.